Opera and Polygon are teaming up. Opera is a browser. They're going to integrate Polygon into its browser as a native wallet. And what's really interesting is that they are targeting 80 million users on the Android version of the app first. But this is a huge growth opportunity for Polygon. In contrast, Brave, the Brave browser, has integrated, plans to integrate with Solana. But I did a little bit of research to figure out who has more users. Opera has actually a total of 380 million monthly average users across all of its platforms. Brave only has 42 million. So when weighing the two scenarios here, this is obviously a much bigger opportunity for Polygon to go after a lot more users than Solana penetrating users on the Brave ecosystem. So I think for people who haven't used Polygon versus Solana, I mean, these, these are competing smart contract platforms and I've, I've used them. Ethereum, very slow, very expensive, but the Polygon side chain of Ethereum, extremely cheap. We're talking about 0.00004 cents for a transaction that benefits from the, the broader Ethereum ecosystem. I wanted to just put this in front of you and see if you have you used Opera, have you used Brave browser, any of these things, or what did you think about this this news? That was actually one of my first thoughts was um, Opera. I I may have heard of it, but um, I've never used it, and I was curious and I looked into it, and I think the report I saw uh, said that only about 0.7 percent of Americans use opera as a browser so it might seem like a bit of a snoozer um but this is an element that actually is going to be in my story just the idea of thinking about these things from the u.s perspective which we do because we're americans uh, it's natural uh doesn't always it's not always the representative way to do it you have 380 million people you said and a very 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 small fraction of those are here in the u.s so um no much bigger opportunity than i would have guessed at first blush um i guess I guess my main impression is that's great. Uh, you know, it's people in the U.S. and around the world interact with the Internet through their smartphones. So any solution that aims to get uh, cryptocurrency, uh, dApps, um, all of this stuff in the Web3 crypto space, more mobile oriented, well, I mean, just good, you know? But, yeah, I think it's going to be really, really interesting to watch because they have a huge opportunity in Africa, particularly. So they have 140 million active users in Africa alone. So while we don't use it or hear about Opera much in the US, it really proliferates outside the US and particularly on Android systems, because you remember all of these other countries, Android is a much cheaper operating system to use on a smartphone. So where there's these emerging market opportunities, tend to be Android focused. And this is this is gonna be a way to bring very cheap and easy interactions with the Ethereum network through Polygon to a massive number of people. And there's this kind of, there's this idea out there that the crypto space cannot become truly mainstream the same way the internet has become completely mainstream until people don't know the difference between a crypto using a crypto app 
or a non-crypto app, right? So the user experience of using the software has to be indistinguishable. And with these cheap fees and very quick transactions, that's how it becomes possible here. Because Ethereum, very slow, very expensive to use, but the sidechain version of it, I was playing, um, it's really good for, for high volume, low value transactions. So a lot of games are using Polygon. A lot of DeFi apps are using it as well. But those are for smaller transaction sizes, obviously. So I was playing this game called Crypto Raiders, and it's, it's a pretty cool game. But I have never used Polygon before. I was able to get like 50 cents through a free faucet that they set up where you can just click a button and get like a free amount to, to start playing with the network. And I mean, this, this 50 cents has lasted me over a month in, in playing this game. So Polygon, I mean, that's when I started to really see the, see the light a little bit there, that there's, there's some really high usability. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to, to see more people get exposure to, to this stuff and hopefully, hopefully help, help their situations, which I think relates to your next topic. It does. Before we jump to that, though, I'm curious, was Crypto Raiders fun? That's been my big question Question with these crypto NFT games is, is anyone making a fun game yet? Have you come across something like that? Yeah, Solana has an interesting game called like Battle Royale or something. It's it's kind of like a Fortnite thing. And you can just jump right in. It's a first person shooter in your browser. That's pretty interesting. But this game, Crypto Raiders, it's a random number generating game where you you build a character you you put some gear on them and you you go through the dungeon and like the first couple of dungeons it's pretty early so it's it's a little boring because you just kind of walk around this dungeon automatically like when you click play your little guy just walks around you watch him walk around and he finds some loot in a box you don't fight <laughs> anybody it's not until you do that a couple times that you get to actually start fighting an enemy but what's super interesting about Crypto Raiders is that you can actually buy mobs. So you can okay. buy... This game is going to feature permadeath, where if you die, your guy dies, and it's done. And all your loot goes away. <clears throat> so they don't have that yet. But you're going to be able to buy mm -hmm. an NPC mob, and you can place them in a dungeon. And if your a mob kills a character, you get a portion of the character's loot that you kill and that thing can just be like a passive that thing can just be running okay. you don't even have to be logged in it's like a passive way to make money off of off of the game so it's, it's a cool concept it's not live yet but it makes me kind of want to buy yeah. one i think they're like 500 mm -hmm. to a thousand dollars for one of these mob nfts which is standard nft type of pricing but oh. I mean, it makes me want to yeah. buy it because it's, it's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to mess around and see what is out there, but um, that's a, maybe a little prohibitive for uh, just to... Well, <laughs> to get the first character, to get a character, I had to pay like $150 worth of Ethereum or like 170 And the, the thing yeah. is, those characters have gone up in value, right? So I could just sell my character and I'd be in the, in the green, but I want to keep playing it. And, you know, 150 bucks is... 150 bucks but um it's fun man I, I would recommend it just to just to experiment and see what this is all about it's the only way you 
it's the only way I ever would have learned about Polygon, and yeah, I recommend mm -hmm. it. So, in any event, interesting, nice, yeah. Well, we can slide over to uh, the story I have. I think there's a lot of common ties between what you and I are talking about today. My story is about uh, the struggles of the country of Turkey. Uh, they are going through a bit of some economic hardship. They've been going through it for a couple of years, over a decade from some perspectives. I won't get into the exact nature of the economics and politics, but what you need to know is that their currency, the lira, is down 40% this fall against the U.S. dollar, and it's down 90% actually since 2008. Uh, now, the turbulence over the last few months and really over the last few years since 2019 has coincided with a huge spike in cryptocurrency trades. Uh, there were actually up to over a million trades per day within the country. Uh, so the reason that I thought this was interesting, well, the, the administration, the Erdogan administration that runs Turkey, they've tried to uh, make conversion to the U.S. dollar and gold more difficult with all this economic turbulence. It's probably not very surprising with uh, their own currency weakening that people would try to convert to uh, historical destinations of uh, value preservation like the dollar and gold. Uh, but the administration has made that very difficult. And that leaves crypto as one of the last few options to try to preserve that financial value. Um, it's funny, they also banned the use of crypto earlier this year in April for just regular transactions like paying for street food uh, to vendors. So it's definitely been the story of an administration trying to eradicate crypto because they see it as the, the easiest option. Um, and they did, the article did mention that Bitcoin and Tether seem to be the most popular trades here. So um, what did you think about the article? Yeah, crazy stuff. Look, if you're main trade is going to be going to stablecoin like tether i mean that says a lot so in the west we have a lot of grief with tether in the east people don't worry about it as much but this is just another classic example of of an incompetent administration who they just try to control everything and use use the economy to their own ends people obviously are going to try to get out of that if they're if they're aggressive and this just reminds me i mean 90 percent currency loss since 2008 if you are living in turkey and working hard and trying to make a life for yourself it just seems now look my from where we sit it's it's easy to to judge and try to figure this out like you don't actually i've never been to turkey but Imagine having your life savings just go down 90% in purchasing power. Like that's, that's terrible. So I don't, I'm not surprised that people are trying to use crypto to get out of that. I, I do worry a bit because it's like you're lesser of two evils here. Do you just hold your currency and watch it depreciate like this? Or do you go all in on crypto and submit yourself to the volatility of the crypto market. I mean, which one, which one would you rather face? Because with that volatility, there's upside potential too. But even if it's stable, you're still coming out ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that really gets to what is my central 
conclusion here. The widespread everyday adoption for regular economic transactions, like the ones that I referenced that were banned, so paying for street food, I mean, that's the dream for these cryptocurrencies that they become stable enough that people can rely on them as a store of value uh, for transactions. But that's clearly, like you said, we haven't gotten there yet. The kind of instability Turkey is undergoing, as well as instability we still see around the world outside of the U.S., again, why it's nice to take a non-U.S. perspective on this. That instability seems to increase the uncertainty of like the lira in this case, and it seems to provide fertile ground for people to increase acceptance of these alternatives like cryptocurrency. Um, And so once that change is made, let's say that Turkey finally does get their shit together, uh, maybe a new administration, maybe this one. I mean, how do you force people to go back? Because if the issue is trust and the government loses it, and now people are have been forced to become much more comfortable with Bitcoin and Tether and other crypto. Um, It just seems like it'd be very hard to get people to go back to uh, fiat. If, especially if you've, you know, if you've made it convenient because convenience still is, it's just much more convenient to use fiat than crypto. I think generally speaking. Um, So, but there is a bit of a tension there because uh, along with this destabilization, this uncertainty, this economic hardship, while that might create an opportunity for people to seek out alternative money like crypto, it also tends to come along with totalitarianism and dictators who probably like to ban this kind of stuff. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough for me to see. I don't know if this is sustainable. I think it might be. But at the same time, clearly people that take these power vacuums don't like crypto. I mean, (laughs) crypto and dictators don't seem to mix. Well, I think it's I I think it's sustainable personally because people aren't going to I think at the end of the day, the people's will triumphs over these kind of dictator groups. And if you are buying stable coins, I mean, Tether is provably stable so far but there's other stable coins you can buy as well like terra has a ust or usdc or any of these other ones and i would much rather be putting money into a stable coin pegged to the us dollar even though there's issues with the fed and all that stuff but i would much rather be buying that than holding a value holding a currency that's gone down 90 percent since 08 so I think that that makes total sense. And then plus, you can write down your secret recovery phrase on a in a book and flee the country and take it with you. That's all you have to do. You write down 24 words in a piece of paper. And, and if you leave the country, you can access that from a computer in another place. So that's that's my take. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully things get better, but good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Well, we're at about time here. So just want to thank you for hopping on this morning and we will maybe be on tomorrow morning. Uh, Maybe a different group of people, but tomorrow's Christmas Eve. So we'll see. Yep. Yeah. Enjoy your Christmas, bud. You too. Take care. All right. See you.